for the listeners, I guess we can start by what is ARCS? What does it stand for? And I mean, you guys have been now, what, 15 years or more, I guess. Yeah, more than that, I think. Um, seven, 16, 17. Yeah. So uh, it stands for the Alberta Animal Rescue Crew Society. So we're an animal rescue organization. Um, we operate throughout the province, but our, our main office is here in Calgary. Uh, we have a shelter and an on-site vet hospital. We also have a shelter and adoption center in Edmonton. So we're servicing the entire province really uh, in providing services um, for homeless animals, as well as supports for the community, including free spay and neuter, we have a pet food program. We have been involved in a lot of the animal disaster responses um, that have happened here in the province over the years. So, um, yeah, and we've, uh, things are rough right now, unfortunately. So we have been um, dealing most recently with an outbreak of distemper um, that came from a community east of Calgary and a dog came in on a transport uh, not symptomatic in any way and unfortunately tested positive for December about a week later, which meant we had to go uh, kind of into lockdown here. So there was a number of dogs exposed, um, both on that transport vehicle and uh, here at the shelter. So um, we ended up with uh, three puppies that passed away from distemper, sadly. Uh, well, they had to be humanely euthanized. Uh, once it becomes neurologic, they, um, you know, that's the best thing that we can do for them. And three more that were positive. So it's been, uh, been a rough go. Is this a virus of some sort? And what exactly is it attacking? Yeah, it is a virus. Uh, and it's one that we vaccinate for. So if your pet is vaccinated. And again, this is why we encourage vaccines is we wouldn't be dealing with this. So uh, it attacks um, the nervous system and respiratory. So they get like um, snotty nose, um, goopy eyes, and then it can attack uh, the nervous system and cause seizures. Uh, it is a virus, so there's no cure for it. Um, but they can overcome it if they are strong enough. Uh, once they get into that point of um, having seizures uh, is usually when we uh, let them go uh, can be the most humane thing. So the adults that tested positive are doing really well, uh, you know, aside from a little bit of goopy eyes and nose, um, they look to be recovering. And uh, just on the weekend, we cleared the last dog of the shelter. I actually took him home myself um, so that we could clean up the shelter, get it all disinfected and reopen intake, uh, which is desperately needed right now in Alberta, just seeing huge numbers of uh, animals in need of placement. So really happy to be able to intake dogs and it didn't take the team long um, to fill up those runs again yesterday. So when you look at the overall, you know, we had um, several different crises over the years here in Alberta. Is this one of the worst that you've seen in terms of intake of animals to the shelter? Yeah, so, you know, during COVID, we often had the media or people calling us and saying, hey, are you seeing all these people surrendering animals because, you know, they're going back to work? And it was like, no, 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 things are good. And then it seemed like in March of this year, March 2020, or sorry, 2022, that reality, that became our reality. And we saw a huge influx of animals in need of homes. So more strays coming through the city of Calgary, um, just more animals in need, more um, 
animals being surrendered for medical reasons and behavioral reasons um, and those COVID dogs coming back. Um, we've always had a bit of a crisis in Alberta with the number of uh, cats needing homes, um, but both cats and small animals, um, hamsters and guinea pigs and rabbits, we're also seeing an increase in those. So um, it is really tough. And honestly, it seems kind of like um, we've reached that uh, capacity. A lot of people have gone back to work. Uh, maybe they're not fostering. So we had a ton of people come forward during the pandemic to foster in their homes while they were uh, working from home, which was great. So a lot of those have not been able to continue. So kind of that, yeah, that that perfect storm of lack of available veterinary care, um, lack of spay and neuter, more people surrendering and surrendering animals with higher needs, um, like, you know, they need more training or they have behavior or medical needs um, mm -hmm. that keep them in our care longer uh, than, we, you know, we can't get them up for adoption right away. So we have a huge number of animals behind the scenes that aren't quite ready to find a new home that are um, really kind of clogging up the system as well. So, and we're not the only one experiencing this. We've seen at the Calgary Humane Society dealing with our seizures and our peer uh, rescue organizations and chatting with them. They're full, just full to the brims uh, and not seeing those adoption numbers that we need in order to be able to make space for another animal. So now that's happening, where do the other animals go if you can't take them? What happens in these moments? You know, it's hard to know. We have asked people to, to hang tight. So we have a wait list. Um, so we've had, um, you know, our dog team going through the wait list and triaging those animals that need uh, care. The city of Calgary did open up adoptions from their facility directly. Um, so yeah, it's just gonna require some patience um, and maybe some attention to the issue, right? So asking people to consider taking their dog to training um, and working through some of these issues, knowing that just because you're going back to work doesn't mean you have to give up your dog, uh, get a dog walker, you know, a couple of times a week, or, you know, when you're really busy and you can't get them out uh, or take them to doggy daycare, that always usually seems to tire them out for a couple of days. Uh, I know when I had a little guy that was, you know, needed that extra work, daycare was great. Like came home and slept oh, all yeah. night into the next day. So thinking outside the box in what they can do to keep their pet um, so that they don't end up in our in our facilities absolutely you know there's this thing where it's like oh do you keep your pet and um, compromise its quality of life let's say an individual works nine hours a day and the pet the dog is in a kennel all day long where do you find this balance in such a unique time yeah and I think a lot of people real it, there's lots of people that work nine hours a day and uh, still have a dog so like I said hiring a dog walker is a great way when oh, you're yes. really busy uh, and just ensuring that you spend the time with them when you're not at work so you know getting out get active with them uh, get brain games for them you can get you know we stuff peanut butter in the Kong and then freeze it. And that takes a long time for them to get the peanut butter out. So there's, you can um, go online and just Google brain games for dogs and, and really simple 
um, cheap ways to let them rip apart, you know, an egg carton that has kibble in it and keep them stimulated that way. Um, so yeah, I think people, a lot of people think, you know, you can't have a dog if you work full time, but you really can. And, um, and, and that could save a life. So I know we think, you know, we have to be home or home part-time, but there's lots of people that have dogs that work full time. Um, you just have to put a bit of effort in, um, a little bit more effort in, I think when you're not home uh, that much so that when you are, they get the, the attention and care that they need. And surprisingly, um, they'll do really well and they'll, and they don't need, this place is a scary place for dogs. We do not want to see dogs come through here um, at all. Uh, if, at, if we can, you know, help it. I'm sure for them, any animal or amphibi amphibian, it is escalated their emotions. Because I think through COVID or through the pandemic, they were at home with their owner, um, again, not really socializing. And now all of a sudden, they're in this new environment that, let's be honest, not the most comfortable for a human being or, or an animal. Yeah, again, that was one thing we've seen a lot of is um, under socialized dogs or, and um, separation anxiety, which is can be a big problem in dogs, uh, you know, they get really destructive. And of course, that anxiety is so high. So, um, but there's lots of ways to work through that and, and hiring a professional dog trainer is a great way to start working through some of those issues just having the patience. So, um, you know, if you're having people over at your house and your dog seems to not appreciate, uh, you know, this new, uh, new life where you have company, uh, don't be afraid to put them away and let them, you know, just relax in a separate room. They don't have to socialize, uh, if they don't want to give them that choice to kind of leave and, um, you know, be calm. So, and then, you know, introducing, uh, new things on, slowly uh you know don't go running out to uh the dog park or something if they're not used to being at the dog park uh or you know taking them down to the lilac festival if they've never been in a large crowd of people before and if you do and they act up you know to expect that that's not um not their fault right uh, no, patience is key uh with these guys <laughs> yeah. And I've seen it with myself, with my own dogs, you know, and the behavioral issues. And, you know, after some time they work it through and they become that loyal companion that you really wanted. It just takes some patience and understanding. Don't give up. My, little, my little guy's right here sleeping. Oh, <laughs> yeah. you know, they're, they're our best friends and um, part of families. So, you know, it is definitely hard for any individual, I'm sure, to give up their animal, to go back to work. Um, but is there a way that people can hold on a little longer um, just till we get over this hump? Yeah, and that's kind of what we've been asking people to do and, and understanding that sometimes the dog um, or cat is just not the right fit. And the last thing we want is an animal in a home that's not the right fit. And not saying that the family is, is bad or anything like that, but they don't get along with their kids or they're, you know, they get nervous around the kids or they don't get along with the other dog in the house. or they're chasing your cat, you know, and you can't get them to stop and you're worried. Those are really good valid reasons why you may want to find a new home for your animal. Um, and so, I think holding off as long as you can working through that or, or looking for a home yourself, you'd be surprised, you know, maybe you have a friend or a family member that might be interested in that dog. Um, 
so, you know, there's always ways to do it. That doesn't mean that the shelter has to take it. A lot of people think, you know, well, they're the best ones to rehome an animal, but you know, we're, we're swamped. Um, we're, they're living in a shelter here. Really, ideally it would be best to go from one home to the other. Uh, and if you know people, you know, share and, um, screen people yourself, um, to, to find a home, right? If it's a super active dog and you're not an active family, but you have a friend that goes hiking all the time, you know, might be interested in taking your dog, that's okay too. Uh, and it really takes them out of the, um, the shelter system, relieves a bit of burden uh, for us, so. Absolutely. Now, I have a dog, he's six years old or almost six years old. Is it better to adopt a dog right away, foster a dog first to see if, your your pup will be okay with the others what's the best way for individuals yeah so you know for adoption uh, there's lots of different ways so we find people that are interested potentially getting a second dog um to to look at the profiles and see if there's any animals up for adoption uh that might uh fit and then there we always do a meet and greet uh and you can do multiple meet and greets if you you know that you find that we're not sure if they get along or not um but most of the time you'll know um, pretty quickly, right? If they're going to make a decent match or not. So, and the foster homes are great that way. So because all of our dogs for the most part go into a foster home, they learn a lot about that animal. Do they get along with cats and kids and dogs? And, you know, what's their energy level? Um, do they enjoy, you know, sleeping in a crate? Would they, you know, they okay home alone without um, being kenneled. Um, we can learn so much about them in a foster care situation versus adopting directly from the shelter, for example. Um, so they're great that way. But fostering is also another great way to have an animal in your life without making that long-term commitment. And a lot of people will say, oh, but I just couldn't give them up. So I just keep them all. I hear that all the time. Uh, and, and you realize, you know, my husband, I said that to my husband the first time I asked him if we could foster. And I said, you know what, I'm going to let the first one go. And I love that dog so much. We had, we saw him through Parvo, you know, he was a big yellow lab, goofy young dog. <laughs> and, but you know, when I saw that adoptive home come in and I knew that he was going to go to a wonderful home, um, probably even better than my home, to be honest, uh, he was going to an acreage where he could run around. And, um, so Right then and there, when I met that adoptive family, I knew that this was why people foster, you know, I love this dog, but he was going to move on into a new home. And that mean, meant I made space for another animal that really needed to come in. So in effect, you're rescuing two lives, you've let one go, and then you've allowed that space for anyone to come in. And then once in a while, that one comes in and you're, you know, I can't let this one go, you know, and, and you would, and it happens right within when you're foster, you know, 40 dogs and that 41th comes 41 comes through and you're like, this is just the right connection. It's perfect. You know? Uh, and that's what I did during COVID. I fostered a little Chihuahua, never thought in a year, million years, I would have a Chihuahua and uh, I just fell in love and, and she became ours. Um, and we love her to death. So I have a COVID dog too. And um, yeah, so it happened. Happens, but fostering is such a great way 
to give back. Uh, snowbirds are great for fostering. So, uh, you know, they want to come, they part-time. Uh, you're not sure if there's allergies in the family or like how your life might revolve around a dog. Fostering is a great way to do that. It helps kids um, develop empathy and giving back. Um, maybe you have a dog already and you wanted to have a playmate, but you're not, you can't afford to have two dogs. This is a great way to do it too. And ultimately you're giving back to helping homeless pets. So what a, you know, no better feeling in the world than that. Right. So, um, yeah, so that's kind of uh, the difference between adopting and, and fostering. And of course, we want to find the best match for our animals too. So we would never want, you know, if we are matched for an adoption and things just weren't working out, we'll take that animal back and find you a better match. Um, Do you guys deny people sometimes when you believe that they're not the right fit? Has, there, has it happened? Yeah, we will. It's not too often. Like we have yeah. some really great adoption screeners uh, who ask some pretty good questions. So sometimes people will actually self-select out of adoption um, because they've had a really good conversation and realize maybe they're not quite ready or, you know, uh, that, you know, for whatever reason, their home isn't the right fit. Sometimes it's about not the right fit for the specific animal they're looking at. So maybe they look and they've always wanted a Rottweiler and they find a Rottweiler on our page but that's all they're looking at is a dog and a breed and a picture versus reading the comments and saying you know uh well this dog doesn't do well with small animals and you have a cat in your house and then we'll say well you can't we won't let you adopt this one because you have a cat and we know that he's not good with cats that kind of thing so we'll deny for those kind of reasons but what we try and do is say you know what are you looking for um whether it be a breed or an energy level or something. And then we can steer them to an animal that might be a better fit for them and say, well, this dog we know lives in a home with cats, is high energy and loves to go hiking, you know, or is a couch potato and, you know, wants nothing more than to snuggle. Whatever it is that they're looking for will help kind of match them up. Um, there is the odd one where we deny uh, outright um, if there's red flags on the file. Um, but for the most part, they have to go through a fair amount of um, conversations, um, you know, meet and greets and that sort of thing that uh, we're not going to get too many people that haven't thought it through at least, um, you know, and like maybe going to a pet store and just getting a dog without thinking about it. We have those exactly. counselors chatting them up about um, the responsibilities and that sort of thing. Are you seeing a lot of mixed breed coming through as litters? Uh, yeah, we get a lot. Um, we work a lot in rural communities, so lots of stray animals, lots of mixed breed dogs. Um, but, you know, we've seen quite a fair number of purebred dogs, too, like uh, doodles, for example, are very... Wow popular breed right now and um, we have a number of those in our care so we do see quite a few purebred dogs as well uh, although I would say the majority of the animals coming through are, are uh, a form of mixed breed dogs yeah now is it I don't know how you know as human beings if we got put somewhere with people we don't know um, cats or dogs are they aggressive with one another or are they easy to get along? How does it work when you put them all together in certain compartments? Like in a foster home? Um, no, actually at the shelter. 
Oh, well, they're all separated here. So the cats are on one side and the dogs are on one side. So they never see each other here. Um, the, at least the cats and dogs, and then each animal has its own kennel or cage that they're in. Um, so they're not all together. We will have play sessions outside for the dogs, um, so that we can learn, you know, do they get along with other dogs? What's their play style? It gets them out of the shelter and, and having some fun. So, um, but those are very controlled environments, uh, you know, with the staff and volunteers overseeing it. Um, so yeah, it's not like a doggy daycare where that, you know, they're kind of running around. Right. Our goal here at um, Safe Haven is to to a place to bring the animals to, to quarantine them, to hold them for the first, you know, week or so they can get their medical done, get vaccines, be spayed and neutered. Um, the dog team can assess what their behavior is like, and then they go to foster homes and the foster homes are really key in that process. In that number one, we can house a lot more animals by, um, having foster homes. And secondly, that it's a much better environment for an animal, cat, dog, or rabbit to be in a home environment versus a shelter environment. Like I said, it's pretty scary here when you've got 25 dogs that are barking and you can't see them, you know, they just, you know, they're around you. Um, so it's a pretty scary environment. So that's why foster homes are really key to, to what we do. Um, uh, for example, we just had one, one of the last quarantine distemper dogs leave and her profile said she was shy and shut down. And, uh, we have an internal Facebook group for our foster homes. And I saw last night that she said, Mercury isn't quite as shy and shut down as we thought. And she was play bowing and snuggling with her on the couch. It was, you know, the shelters, as much as we try and make it a, you know, a safe place. It's not a home and a place where they can really come out of their shell. So, um, yeah, so that's kind of, uh, we try and stay away from, you know, seeing these animals through to adoption from the shelter, if at all possible, those foster homes will really help out, um, in order to give those animals a really, um, calm home, home environment that ultimately we can then tell the doctors more about their true personality. You know, if you had adopted Mercury from the shelter, you would think she was a shy and shut down dog when actually she's this happy go lucky, uh, fun dog. And I know personally, if I brought my dog here, they would probably be current, you know, curled up of at the course. back of the kennel at this scary place. Right. <laughs> so we can't expect more of these uh, rescued animals either. Mom, don't leave me here. Yeah, yeah so. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> There's a reality as well Is are you seeing a lot of animals coming in that are hurt or sick, lack of medical attention, um, abused, is that coming in as well? It is. Yeah. And I mean, it hasn't, that's not uncommon throughout the years either, but yeah, with, luckily we have a vet hospital here on site uh, with vets and, and technicians that are here to help those animals. So um, we are carrying, I know I looked downstairs this morning, one of the new dogs uh, has come in with a broken leg. A lot of dogs that are hit by cars, porcupine quills, um, sometimes gunshot wounds or other wounds from dog fights. Um, you name it, we've kind of seen it all. 
Um, the doodles often come in with really bad ear infections from lack of medical care, um, things like that. So unfortunately, um, a whole nother crisis on the other side right now is the, the lack of available veterinary care and, and nothing to do with them specifically, but it's just the increase in pet population and the number of um, graduates and, and vets retiring are not equaling out. So they're really struggling to keep up with the demand of veterinary care, not to mention the barrier of costs for low-income families um, to be able to get that care um, at an affordable cost. So um, yeah, we're seeing a lot of medical. Again, we deal with a lot of stray populations, so we don't actually have owners, although we have a lot more people surrendering animals um, due to the medical care that they just can't afford, uh, which is really sad. How do you keep a, a strong spirit through all this and your team? You know, obviously you guys, I mean, it'd break my heart. Yeah. I'm sure you've heard that. <laughs> You know, animals are so resilient, so we try and act a bit like them, uh, is let's just let go of the past and what's in front of us, and what's in front of them is a new life. So we try not to dwell too much on what's happened to them, uh, and just know that they're safe and they're here, uh, and that they're going to get the care and love they need, uh, and to eventually find an adoptive home, and we celebrate every one of those animals that can, can move on, and, and those that can't for whatever reason, um, you know, they had to be humanely euthanized these puppies with the distemper um, we were glad we were here to give them that peaceful end um, are surrounded by you know someone that loved them and and although sad um, we know that we're making a difference going forward for animals and I think that's what really keeps us going is is trying to stay positive um, try and look at the these animals and realize they're you know, have the, the one I'm fostering right now, he's such a goofball. And, you know, he doesn't know that he's in quarantine December and uh, <laughs> December quarantine. So, you know, we're running around the yard and he's just a goofball having fun. You know, I might feel bad for him, you know, but he doesn't feel but bad. He doesn't, he doesn't care. Yeah. yeah. So just try and be positive. And, sure. and that's, what's kept me going for 16 years. And, and um, same with all the staff here, you know, we just look at the positive and realize all the lives that we are saving um, is making a huge difference. So for sure. Um, before we get going, um, what is an average in terms of, um, population in a shelter for you guys versus what it is today? And, and, and obviously we now know why there is an influx, but what, what has happened in terms of the population rise and how much is it on estimate? You know, the population hasn't risen that much because we're almost always working at capacity. So if we had, you know, minus the distemper, not being able to bring in dogs, but we are almost always full. The issue is the number of requests um, that has risen dramatically. So the number of people looking to surrender or animals in need has risen almost 200% in a year. So that's those calls for help. Our population, uh, we may have a, you know, an extra 100 animals in care. We average about 800 animals in care between, um, sorry, uh, 500 animals in care. Um, about 300 cats and about 200 dogs in care at any given time. But that's really our max capacity uh, that we can handle. So it's more about trying to get them out the door so that we can bring in another so that at the end of the day we can we can help more animals but um right. yeah we haven't um 
Oh, so that's what it is. That's the bottleneck right now is people are not adopting or fostering. Yeah, and there's just a higher need for animals in, in need of placement in a shelter. Um, but we can't, if unless we can get them out the door, we just, we're at capacity, we can't bring them in, you know, and that's why the wait list uh, or, you know, referring them to another shelter, although doing that is probably very often um, they're getting the same answer elsewhere. So, yeah. So Deanna, what can people do to foster an animal or adopt an animal? Yeah, so uh, it's pretty easy. We have all the information on our website at uh, aarcs.ca. Um, so fostering would be uh, filling out a form and then chatting with Alex, who's our volunteer coordinator. And, um, you know, with fostering, you can decide to like, do you want female dogs only? Because, you know, some people have a male dog in the house. They don't like other male dogs. You can foster just puppies. You can foster just senior dogs. You can, you know, like really kind of pick which is best suited for you and your family uh, or cats too, right? We have a need foster homes for cats and rabbits. Um, you know, whatever is best for you and your family, we will try and match you to a foster animal. Um, from there, it's about treating them like you would your own family pets, except for we'll pay for everything. We provide beds and food and bowls and treats and toys. Um, you take them home. Uh, bring them into the shelter, the vet clinic when they need to for boosters and vaccines, help us write a nice bio uh, for them for the website to explain what that animal is like um, personality wise, and then um, do the meet and greet with potential adopters um, to introduce them to potentially their new foster home or their new adoptive home. So yeah. that's kind of fostering in, um, you know, a quick, uh, quick way. Sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Adoption, very similar. So the go to our website uh, to adoptable animals and you can see all the profiles. You can read through all the animals. There is a form to fill out. You can put, you know, if there's four dogs you're interested in chatting with the team about which might be a good fit, um, they'll kind of narrow it down to the um, find the right one, go to the, the foster home, uh, meet with them, chat with them about the dog, maybe bring your own dog um, with you. And uh, if all works out, then you can take uh, that animal home uh, when it's convenient for you, kind of if it's the next day or you wanna do two meet and greets, that's okay too. Um, if things are great, then you can take them uh, take them home and, and hope that it all works out. So like I said, those foster homes are, are key to that process in the adoption. and by adopting one now you've made room within the shelter system for another needy animal to come through the doors absolutely so if you fall in love with a dog can you say hey i would like to foster mindy for, for example can you pick who you want to foster exactly. yeah like we don't we have a internally uh, a list of animals that need to be fostered so as long as they're that the one's not already fostered by someone else. As long as they're here in the shelter in need of a foster home, then yes, you can foster them. If Mindy's on the website for adoption, then no, um, she's up ready for adoption. We don't want to move them around um, from foster home to foster home unnecessarily. So if they're already up for adoption on the website, then they're, they're already in a foster home. We need the ones in the shelter fostered. So, but we do our best to try and um, outline as much about them as possible for the foster homes. Well, thanks so much for your time today, Deanna. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was fun. <laughs>